Well, indeed, you can be seated. It's good to be able to see everybody on this last Sunday of the year. And uh, we are going to continue our time of praise and worship. You made it to the last Sunday of the year. You can breathe. We're going to just take a few moments and uh, open it up uh, for those of us who are able to gather here. I know there's still a lot of comings and goings with the holiday week and uh, with New Year's Day tomorrow and all that's going to be transpiring as we kick off the new year. But I would like you to answer this question as a word of worship. And I'm going to have you stand if you feel led to do that. And I think Pastor Trey's got the microphone and maybe another person. And I want you just to say your name and answer the question, I praise God this last year because fill in the blank. Now that's 12 months worth of God at work. Some of you have had highs this last year you never thought you would experience. Some of you experienced some lows you never thought that maybe you would have to walk through. But yet God was with you. But if you had to fill in that blank this morning as we just acknowledge worship and praise to God, how would you answer that question? God, I praise you this last year because, fill in the blank. Just raise your hand. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. All right, we got up here, so we're going to grab a couple people, and you can just answer from there. Say your first name so we get to know each other as far as the family. My name's Ken, and I thank God as he filled me with the Holy Spirit every single day, and I listen to that voice. Amen. Every single day, the Holy Spirit's able to fill us. That's right. That's great. Joanne. Joanne. I thank God every day for our good health. Amen. And at our age, that's quite a big thank you. Bud and Joanne, I think, were the official last people back from COVID. They had been watching online for so long, and they showed up three weeks ago, and I'm like, yes, that's great. Someone else. Back here. Hi, everyone. My name is Joe, and uh, God, this year, I praise you for showing me the fountain of love that you have and helping me find joy and sharing that with others. Amen. It has been a great journey for you, Joe, this last year, I know for sure. Over here. Hi, I'm Paige, and some of you know that my daughter had had cancer, and I prayed for her, and this past month we got her year after bone marrow transplant results. And her bone marrow looks like it doesn't have any cancer, has never had cancer, and her body's almost completely refreshed. And it is so neat to see uh. how healthy she's getting, and that her life is has goals. She's back in school. So um, that has been huge for us, and just God's taken us on a life journey this past year, and our family couldn't be closer, healthier in so many ways, and um, just so many blessings of friends and people who have helped us and not let us down in ways that usually I'm used to being let down. So thank you, and I'm just so happy. A lot of praise. That's great to hear, Paige. Some people helped Paige move this last week and all that kind of thing, being a part of the family. Good morning, I'm Lynn, and um, 
I am very thankful this year, Lord, that even though having a trial with my sister's health, which you guys, a lot of you know about that, um, that I got to be there with her. I get to testify. That's a praise. That's one of the things I read in Acts, that we get to be a witness and we get to give testimony. And um, I get to stand here today and testify that my sister knew the Lord. She knew Jesus in her life. Praise God for that. And that I got to be with her as she was dying. And um, she was really um, struggling and toiling at, at the end. Um, and when I put the praise music on, her whole countenance changed. And she had peace. And she did not need any more morphine. And she was, she was at peace with the Lord. So I just want to give us a hope and testify to that. And That's I'm very great, thankful Lynn. I got to see that. And Lynn, you were so faithful being able to be on that journey with her. Good. Anyone else? It's good to be able to see you. I have to think, don't you? Like, you're just not going to blow through another week or blow through another year. You have to pause and think of God's goodness and something to praise him for, even in the midst of challenging times. at it. We'll take one or two more after Bud, if uh, God's prompting your heart. Hi, my name is Bud Fox, and uh, there's so many things to be thankful for, I just don't know how to list them. I mean, he's given us a roof over our head, he's given us food to eat, he's given us good friends, good fellowship, and he's comforted us in everything that we've done throughout the whole year. Um, I just don't know where to start, and I don't intend to stop. Thank you. <laughs> Great. It's good. Thanks. Over here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking the wrong direction. My name is Sandy Martinez. I've been at this church now for over two years. And uh, I see the Lord working mightily with Pastor Carrie with the Rooted deep dive. It's a blessing to know that the Lord's not only working on individual, but as groups and just getting to know one another. That's a blessing. The biggest blessing I've had this year is that I've had two family members that I've prayed for and my from my other church and here too for them to come to the Lord after 20 years. And I can't thank him enough because they're family members that didn't know him, and now you hear them speak of Jesus in their life and in their heart. It just brings tears to my eyes. What a blessing! And answer to prayer always, never cease. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Hi, my name is Katie, and a year ago, one of my daughter in laws had a massive stroke. Now it's been a year and she went for her annual checkup and her brain is completely healed and she doesn't have to have any more tests for another year. So Amen. we praise God for that. Miracle. Yeah. That's great, Katie. Thanks. All right, see this popcorn thing still happening. People <laughs> raising their hands. Hi, I'm Karen and I am so thankful for this year. For my church family, um, I almost died three years ago, and God was with me. He brought me back. He's 
made my life fuller. He's making me stronger every day. And I am so thankful that the past year I've been coming here, I have a beautiful church family that loves me here and in Colorado Springs. And um, God is just amazing. He has brought so many good things to my life. And I thank him and I thank my church family every day. Amen. Oh, one more thing. So, and I had I had the blessed best I was blessed um, baptized this year and that was the best day of my life. I have to add that because it was so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you're the last one. Over here. This one, someone over here. I'm just happy to have my own room so I don't have to listen to my mom snore. <laughs> Paige, you're going to remember that one. Well, hey, thanks. I want you to pause for a moment. What just happened to your spirit as you heard people thanking and praising the Lord? It's lifted, right? Our tendency is not to go there, is it? Our tendency is to look on those things that are challenging. As we step out of this year into the next year, I want us to receive the blessing of the Lord afresh and anew. As we lift our worship to him in appreciation for a year past and with expectation for the year ahead, may we receive his blessing as we be then step into God's word for this morning. Blessed are you who are downhearted, tired and weary, and in need of something more. Blessed are you who have had a tough year or season perhaps filled with ups and downs, sorrow and sadness, misery and mistakes. You are not alone. Blessed are you whose dreams have been interrupted, stomped on, or perhaps just taking too long. There is a new thing right around the corner. Blessed are you who don't know what to believe or why you are here today. But despite that, you keep pushing forward. Blessed are you who are walking through seasons of prosperity and joy. Celebration and hope. For you have found something truly worthy of sharing. You see, sometimes life is just hard. But blessed are those who seek the Lord in the midst of that darkness. For there is hope. Real, tangible hope found in Him. So today, may you be reminded that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. May you know that God has big plans for you. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. May you walk in truth and light so that no matter where you go, you will have a light onto your path. May you find rest free from anxiety. And may his love, which is never ending, and his grace, which is never failing, follow you wherever you may go. For he has come to make all things new. Amen. He has come to make all things new. And um, as we finish out this year, I had different directions I thought about going, sort of an in-between kind of world. 
We've been talking in the last number of weeks on perspectives about Christmas, but I would like to share with you today a new year perspective that maybe isn't too typical of a let's start off the new year kind of thing. Because I, sometimes I feel like the new year is a, a big pep rally, a cheerleading session, and, and that's all good because we do want to be blessed and let's turn the page on a year. But uh, sometimes we, especially I think in America, get all charged up with energy and we fail to focus on maybe some of the more um, subtle, even sobering things that Scripture might say to us as we step into a new year. You know, there's a lot of college football games going on. There's big games happening tomorrow and uh, NFL games as well. And when you are at games, you find a lot of uh, excitement and energy. And you also find a lot of players that uh, pump themselves up and let's get at this, let's do this, right? And I'm thinking in terms of we all huddle up and let's charge into 2024, right? And the game sometimes goes pretty good and sometimes it doesn't go very well. And uh, you see that demonstrated at the end of the games with uh, one team all... Uh, excited because of the win, and the other team sort of dejected because they lost. And it was a few years ago that uh, I think it was Georgia was playing Oklahoma, and uh, there was an internet clip that started going around because after the game, which went into like two overtimes, and uh, Georgia uh, beat Oklahoma, and they were, uh, of course, all excited and charged up like that, and the Oklahoma people were sort of down. And the clip was some guy on the Georgia team shouting to one to the Oklahoma quarterback as they walked off the field, humble yourself. Well, that's not something that you hear people say too often, and that's not very nice to say when they had just lost the game. Humble yourself. Well, the New Testament, I mean the New Year perspective uh, that I want to share with you today is actually that charge, and it comes out of James chapter 4, 6 through 10. I'm not for sure why God had me land on that for today. It may not be for you. It may just be for your pastor. Because sometimes... You get all ramped up to head into a new year or to a new beginning. God is making all things new, but then there's sometimes when you step across that threshold and you realize that God's doing a different kind of work maybe than what you would have expected. And sometimes, I think in our American Christianity, it's, it's not common for us to be told to humble ourselves. But Scripture is pretty clear about this. And I want to just challenge us today as we step across from 2023 to 2024 that we would walk in humility with our Lord Jesus Christ in these days. I want us to turn there if you want, and you can follow with me. We're just going to keep it simple today. Um, this passage in James chapter 4, verse, verses 6 through 10, and I'm going to um, 
I'm going to be out of the New Living Translation today, but there's just six simple steps or things I want us to focus on. And these aren't just things to focus on, hey, because it's a new year. I really believe that these things will help you in your spiritual growth and your spiritual maturity. How many of you would say, for 2024, I would like to grow spiritually? Right? How many of you would say, I'd like to enjoy the pleasure of God? How many would say, I, I want to accomplish things for God? All those things are a part of your next year, as God wills. But there's sort of a beginning launching pad to that. And we see some of that embedded here in these words from James, who uh, we believe to be the brother of Jesus, the stepbrother. And, and he watched Christ closely, and he saw the whole beginning of the, the Christian faith and the early church, and he was a, a key part of the establishment of the church. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we're praising God with our, our voices as we sing and with our testimonies as we share. And we're stepping into another year as the church of Jesus Christ for this day and age and for us in relationship with the Lord. And, and James probably would say some of the same things to us today as he wrote in this letter back then. And so the first thing that I want to exhort us from out of this passage in James chapter 4, beginning with verse 6, is this. Take a knee. Take a knee because there is a lot of self-promotion going on in these days. Do you see a lot of self-promotion going on around you? Do you see a lot of it when you watch something on television maybe or you interact with, with people that are uh, in your personal life, whether at work or your social arenas? And there's a, a lot of trying to make ourselves feel better. I think social media adds to it a little bit today because on social media, who wants to put the downer on social media? We want to put the upper on social media. Look what just happened. Here's my family, or here's where I live, or this cool thing happened. And then we try to a little bit sometimes outdo one another, and we try to, to make ourselves feel good amongst the masses, not really knowing what's going on behind the scenes. Even as we shared here this morning, there are stories of praise that come from deep brokenness and challenge and trial. But with the glitz and the glamour of our day and age, a lot of times we don't see past that. And so we live in this facade or this fakeness. And there's a lot of self-promotion that goes on today, even in Christian circles. Look how great I am or what's going on in my life. Did you realize that a lot of times self-promotion is there because there's a deep insecurity in the individual? Take a knee. Because there's a lot of self-promotion in these days. That's why James starts in this passage starts out this way. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Well, thank you very much for that New Year's charge, Carrie. That's not common, is it? Let's fire ourselves up for 2024, friends, and let's humble ourselves. Have you ever tried to humble yourself? 
It's sort of hard to humble yourself. I think it was D.L. Moody that prayed, God, humble me, but don't let me know. (laughs) Because the moment that you think you're humble, maybe you're not, right? Humble yourself before the Lord. Take a knee. And I want to give you some practical direction on each of these as we walk through them here this morning. And so the take a knee, I want you to practice humility by turning from carnal desire and focusing on God's amazing grace this year. Now, I hesitated to use the word carnal. We don't really use the word carnal. Carnal is not a good-sounding word. But carnal nature refers to our sinful nature, the enticements that we have that run in the opposite direction of what God would have for us. And sometimes it's because of uh, desires such as self-promotion and otherwise that they are there. It's interesting, I, 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 I use this terminology, self-promotion. Some of you might be familiar, maybe just one or two, I don't know. I should probably highlight it more often. But the founder of our movement that we're a part of, the Christian Missionary Alliance, was a guy by the name of A.B. Simpson. He came out of the Presbyterian Church, he started missions movement, he started deeper life movements, and he wrote a lot. And he wrote hymns, too. They weren't very good hymns, but he wrote a lot of hymns. There's a few of them that have stood the test of times. But A.B. Simpson had this little track that um, I remember getting a hold of when I was young, and it was called The 31 Kings of Self. The 31 Kings of Self. And in this little track, he lists all kinds of things, like um, you know, uh, self-glorification, uh, self um, interest, all these, and so all these kings of self, and I looked it up after I thought, you know, it's this self-promotion thing that I get weary of, and he did not list self-promotion as one of the kings of the self-life, but he did have a couple in there that alluded to it, which is this self-glorification, the focus on mo- is on me, look at me, look at me, look at who I am, and Scripture teaches us to move away from a focus on you and keep your focus on God and keep your focus on others. So God opposes the proud. He he pushes back against that kind of dimension of self-promotion. So what do we do? Well, we just got to die to self, die to self, right? And all the kings of self. Well, that's true, but how do we practically put it in place? I think this is a great exhortation, this idea that if you want to grow in humility, then grow in an understanding of God's grace. See, when you gave testimony here this morning, a lot of what your testimony is about is about God's grace, his goodness, his covering, his sustaining strength. And when our focus is on God's amazing grace this year, we will move into dimensions of humility and growth spiritually that we would not grow into otherwise if it was all about me, myself, and I, right? One of the first steps to spiritual growth is to learn that it's not about me. It's about God. The God is everything, and I am not God. And we need to walk that road, and we do that on a bended knee. We take a knee. Take a knee. Practice humility by turning from carnal desire and focusing on God's amazing grace this year. That's number one. 
You ready for number two? Well, it's pretty simple. It's straightforward there in Scripture. In the James passage, fight back. Fight back because the devil is indeed overtly aggressive in these days. Would you agree with that? There's something happening, not just culture at large, but I even hear it out of personal testimonies, that there is opposition, that I am sensing and feeling in the spirit realm that is uncommon. And I don't know, the battle does get more intense towards the end, right? And there's something that's happening in the spiritual realm, experiencing in, it, in my own life, and our family's life, is that there is an intense pursuit of the adversary and his workers... And you sort of have to believe in that if you're going to step into this point. There is a devil. He was the fallen archangel, Lucifer. And Scripture seems to say that a third of the angels at one time fell from the heavenly realms, kicked out of the heavens, onto this earth, this planet where God had created human beings for his glory. And these minions are wreaking havoc on this earth and in the lives of of you and I. Now, I don't like undue focus on the devil and his workers, but at the same time, I don't like ignorance on the fact that we can be opposed by the devil and his workers. And so you have to balance it in the right way. But here's James in the middle of this exhortation, and he watched Jesus. He watched and helped start the establishment of the church and the Christian faith. And exhorts people to humble themselves, but then right on the heels of these, he says, resist the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hmm, okay. Well, thank you for that exhortation to resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? In Ephesians 6, you can go to some other passages. It references, you know, the, the idea that uh, we are needing to take our stand against the devil's schemes, all right? There is a, a real individual and his workers who are opposed to you for 2024, and you need to be mindful of it. I, you got a second. Let me turn to another passage in John 8. I'm going to take the time to do this. Um, John 8, I was looking at it this week, and I'm amazed how bold Jesus is in declaring this reality that's around us for this year. He was in a, a dialogue. I would say that Jesus was in a, a fight, if you will, a verbal fight with some of the Jewish people because they felt that he was calling them non-believers or non-people of Abraham. And if you look in John chapter 8, I'll just pick it up, verse 34, Jesus replied, um, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me. That's the reason why it's a pretty intense dialogue, I guess. Because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered him in verse 39. If you are Abraham's children, said Jesus, 
then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Now lean into this. This is a common, and I guess maybe this is why we park it here. We have common conversations with people around us, and sometimes they're intense battle kinds of conversations, or we're trying to influence somebody, and there's pushback going on. And Jesus kicks this whole thing to a higher level. Something else is going on here. And he's accusing them of it, and they don't like it. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Well, somebody tell you and I that, then we're probably not going to tell them to back down. But Jesus told them. He said, Jesus said to them, verse 42, If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil. He calls him out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're saying the devil's our father? And you want to carry out your father's desires, the devil's desires. Catch this phrase. He smacked straight on with him. The devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me Guilty of sin, if I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And you thought Jesus just said nice things. <laughs> Jesus calls him out, and he says, what's going on with you and your attitude and what's happening with your mindset and what you're speaking verbally is not from the Father as an Abraham child. It's from your father, the devil. And the devil has been a murderer from the beginning. Now, if you think Jesus was that mindful of the devil's schemes, do you think that anything has changed today even though he defeated the devil at the cross? He is still... On a long rope, the devil roars like a prowling lion, and he wants to devour your life and mine. Humble yourself, take a knee, fight back. And how are you going to fight back? You defeat the enemy by enforcing Christ's victory through the cross, vocally and out loud this year. You ever been there? I'm not saying, hey, the devil made everything go haywire. I, I, I can appreciate being overboard that way. But a lot of times, as what we're looking for in 2024, there's opposition against you and I and our families with what's going on, and we need to declare the victory of Jesus Christ out loud, vocally. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said that to his friend Peter when Peter thought, hey, you can't be going to the cross and doing this. Jesus just looked at Peter and said what? 
Get behind me, Satan. Whoa, where's he at? Sensitivity in the spirit realm will go a long ways this next year for you. And you need to know as a believer in Christ, if you're a believer in him this morning, you have all authority, not because of who you are. Look at me. No. Satan, you look at Jesus. He died on the cross. He was raised from the grave. And you have no rights and qualms. Some of you have heard me share this before, but I was in a deliverance session once, and we were having a hard time seeing the person freed of an unclean spirit. And uh, so finally, I, I just said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you unclean spirit, I take you back 2,000 years ago to the cross where Jesus Christ defeated you at the cross in the power of the resurrection. And you have no right to control this person. And the demeanor of the demonic spirit just changed. And what I know, I was there. I saw it all. It's my defeat. I'll leave. Now, me and my human flesh were going like, nah, get out. You were there? Come on, 2,000 years ago? I'm reminding them of the defeat of that. And whether they were, as an entity there or in the spirit realm, understood that, they knew that that was their defeat. And they hightailed. And the person was free. Vocalize out loud the victory of Jesus when James says, resist the devil, it's not like this, oh, get, quit bugging me, quit bugging me, leave me alone. No, take your authority and fight back this next year. Next. We're just walking down the road of this text. The next is draw near. Because your Jesus offers strength in him through these days. You need to draw near to Jesus because our tendency is to drift. And so James says in 4, chapter, verse 8, come close to God. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Have you ever been present but not close some of you are present in this room right now, but you're not very close to what I'm saying because you're thinking about something else. And now you feel bad and you're starting to listen again. You see, it can happen in marriages, it can happen in friendships. You can be in the same room. You can have proximity, but not have closeness of a kindred spirit. And James says, you need to come close to God this next year. You need to come close to God because God will come close to you. It's not that God has moved. It's that you have moved. You have distanced yourself. You've not left, lifted it as a priority in your life to be found in his presence. And maybe it happens during your day. Maybe it happens in the evening. And all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, yeah, I need to dial in. Jesus, his presence is with me as a believer in Christ. And so you can spend some time drawing near to him. And so I exhort you this way. Number three, draw near, cut out some things to come away with Jesus for quiet and safe places of spiritual renewal this year. I don't know what those things are you need to cut out, and maybe it's not something big. Maybe it's just in the middle of the day you need to cut out something like social media. Maybe it's something you need to turn off the TV. Maybe you just need to get up a little bit extra early to spend some close time with God. I don't know what it is. But cut out something and then intentionally 
pull yourself away to a quiet and safe place. It always helps. And that could actually be in a car. Just turn the radio off and just start talking to God on your long commute. You need to find a quiet and a safe place for the spiritual renewal. God wants to come near to you and I. But a lot of times we're just too caught up in our schedules. Responsible things we need to be doing. Draw near to me. Jesus would say to you personally, and guess what? I'll meet you there. I'll draw near to you. Don't neglect. You don't have to take a number. He can be found in your midst if you'll draw near. So that was number three. You ready for number four? Just walking through the text here this morning, keeping it simple. Clean up. Because temptations and hardships attract ungodly dirt these days. Clean up. Any of you ever been working on something and then you wanted to eat or whatever and you start eating and maybe you're eating a sandwich and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I forgot to wash my hand. I know most of you don't. Guys like me, that happens to us. So it's like, oh yeah, I need to go wash my hands, right? I mean, eating dirt off my fingernails, my sandwich or something. Go clean up. We tell our kids, go clean up. Have you washed your hands, right? Well, because you live in a world of temptation, and temptations are not sin, because you live in a world of hardships, all right, and hardships will come, it attracts ungodly dirt. And sometimes our temptations, we end up falling into sin, and our hardships cause us to be in disgruntled spirits or whatever it might end up being. And there's this stuff that starts to cling to us, and we need to go clean up. That's why James 4.8 says, wash your hands. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Clean up. Clean up's a great exhortation. Well, how do you end up doing that? Well, here's an assignment. Ask the Lord to reveal truth about yourself that can lead to confession and repentance this year. Just ask him. Hey, God. Here I sit. I think got a little dirty. I know some things, but could you, could you just tell me some of the other ways that I've sort of gotten dirty through temptations, hardships, or whatever, and, and help me clean up? Most likely, it's going to take you more than... How about that? This practice, I didn't want to do this week, but I finally chose to do it last night, and I did not enjoy it, for your information. Because the Spirit will speak to you, and the Spirit will point out some of the dirt that started to get collected in your life. It can do with attitudes, it can do with patterns of behavior or non-behavior. And though I didn't write it out, I spent time contemplating, Lord, 
how would I put this into practice in my own life? Like I told you, this message is probably as much about me as anything. And this is not an enjoyable exercise, but there is value in taking on this initiative at the beginning of the year to set your year correct for some patterns of behavior that God can end up changing in your life so you're a different person at the end of 2024 than you were at the beginning of 2024. If you want to change, you want to change. If you don't want to change, then don't put this into practice. But, you know, awareness is the first step to progress, and so you have to become aware. And maybe if you don't like the exercise or you only got two or three points, why don't you sit down with your spouse or maybe your kids or, you know, a good friend. They'll probably be able to add to your list if you want to take it on. But what is the dirt that's starting to clean? And I need to clean up. And I want to encourage you this way with another verse out of Hosea. Hosea 20, uh, 10, verse 12 says this, Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come, and I like this term, shower righteousness upon you. Now, as a farm kid, I understand hard ground. In my early years, there would be plowing time, and the ground was so hard you couldn't even get the plows to go on the ground, and they would skim along the surface, right? But even if you're gardening or you have a little bit of yard work that you do, you know what it's like to hit something hard because when you hit hard dirt, you know, there's, there's probably some rocks there that need to be taken out, or maybe there's some weeds that need to be pulled. So... Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. It doesn't sound like an enjoyable exercise, like taking a few minutes to say, Lord, how do I have you know, uncleanness? But when you do this, it moves you towards some incredible times with the Lord. You can get showered down with righteousness as you walk that journey out. All right? So... Clean up, because temptations and hardships attract unsightly dirt. And what you do when that list is there, you move on to confession and repentance for this next year. Lord, I confess this sin to you. That's acknowledging it. Repentance is what? Not some sorry sentimentality. Repentance is an active turning of the direction of your life, moving in another direction. Okay? Number five, here you go. Be serious. Now you might think, oh my gosh, can you move on? I'm not, because James isn't moving on. Because we are more sinful than we think we are in these days. There, there, there's this little passage here that's sort of a big downer. You see it? It says this. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Woo-woo, sign me up! That's a little bit contrary to the American Christian thing of, you can do everything! Go for it! No, James is saying tears, sorrow, grief, sadness, gloom. Park there for a while. Park there for a while because the deeper works of confession and repentance that comes on the heels of awareness 
just powerful in transformation and having righteousness shower down upon you and I. We are exhorted in James here to spend time camped on some of these things instead of joy. And so this is my exhortation, and, and I throw in Psalm 30, verse 5, because I think it's appropriate with this, this active pattern of what to do with this. Be serious. Remember, mourning may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, for this next year. Don't skip over it. I probably should skip on to the next and final point, but I guess the whole subject today, humble yourselves. You see, I work as a pastor and as a friend and a sojourner with you in the faith to see people's lives changed and transformed. But something's not working today in seeing transformation happen with people. And I don't get it until I pause and I ponder it. And I think it has to do something with this be serious about sin. Be serious about waywardness and double-mindedness. Be serious about attitudes and bitterness, impure thoughts. What, what, let's be serious about this. This grieves the heart of God. And there needs to be some sense of mourning. Tears, sorrow, deep grief. Let it, let it sit there for a while. Don't just skip over it. Now, that doesn't mean that I or James want you to sit around in a mud puddle and just complain about all your woes or, or be despondent and down because some of us are beat up pretty bad, even in this own room. We don't need to rem be reminded of our sin. But when you're reminded of your sin and your indifference or your double-mindedness, you need, you need to soberly go to God with it, with your mourning. And mourning may endure for a night. It may last much longer than the night. But you need to know this. God is about your joy. But your joy cannot come unless there is a repentance and a turning. And there's not a repentance and a turning unless there's a deep grief. Sometimes I think to myself, why don't people want to get better? My wife said to me the other day, because they don't know that they're sick. I'm like, yeah. I suppose that may true, be true. Be serious. Remember, morning may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And if you plow up that hard soil, there'll be a righteousness that rains down on you. Aren't you glad I'm now ready to go to the last of the six? He comes back to the same theme. Number six is stay low. Stay low because God still opposes the proud, but exalts the humble these days. He comes back to it and he simply says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. And so I say to us, stay low. Stay low, surrender daily to the Lord Jesus on his throne. And surrender with all humility, surrender with worship, 
and surrender in service to God this year. Take this exhortation from James 4, 6 through 10, and rethink back through it as you maybe contemplate and read on it for your new year. It's not the pastor giving you some big charge, what's your word for the year, or what's your New Year's resolution spiritually. I'm just asking you to take a knee, fight back, draw near, clean up, be serious, and stay low. Will you pray with me? Lord, as Ken made mention in his testimony about every day he wakes up knowing that he can be filled with the fullness of your Spirit. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with the fullness of your Spirit each and every day of our life in this next year, that you would so grant us. But Lord, may that filling of your Spirit be through a transparent evaluation of where we're at spiritually and what we need to do. We want to move to higher ground we want to experience your joy. We want to serve your purposes. We want to be able to have glad hearts. But Lord, we know that sometimes that work is averted in our life because we're not willing to do a deeper work. And so as we cross the threshold at midnight, midnight tonight, from 2023 A.D. to 2024 A.D., years that are marked by your death and resurrection. Years that are marked by your entrance into this world. May we cross the threshold of time tonight. Yes, celebrating a ball dropping and a, a kiss with our loved ones and hugs. But Lord, may we celebrate it with a contrite spirit knowing that it is only by your grace that we are saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves. May we boast, but boast only in you, Lord. Lord, may you not oppose us because we come to you with pride. But may you draw near to us because we have come near to you in contrition of heart in desire for you to work a fresh infilling of your spirit in our life this next year. Lord, across this room, I don't know where individuals may be in their challenge to be able to bend a knee or to stay low, but I pray, God, that you would enable them to know, maybe even this day, what you want them to be aware of so that your grace can cover and your strength can abound. So, Lord, may we pray for your good and faithful work to continue on in our lives, in our families' lives, and in our world for your glory. And God's people said,